For us, promoting justice for all isn't just a slogan. It's a fundamental part of who we are. Since 1949, Hiscock Legal Aid Society has had thousands of people contribute to our organization's story. Here, you'll meet those who've supported our work, our clients, and have taught us a thing or two along the way. Welcome to the Justice for All podcasts. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Justice for All, a podcast of the Hiscock Legal Aid Society. I'm Jason Torriano, the Director of Development and Communications for Legal Aid, and I am thrilled to have with us today Michelle Dias. Michelle, welcome. Thank you for having me, Jason. It's my pleasure. Michelle, we have been friends and colleagues for almost a decade now, and like everybody that I've spoken to on the podcast, I'd like to talk a little bit about your upbringing, what brought you to Legal Aid, and what has kept you at Legal Aid, and why you're so passionate about the work of this organization. So let's start at the very beginning. I think that's I think that's a line from The Sound of Music, but I'm going to go with it. And I'd like to start with your childhood. Where were you raised? Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I was born and raised here in Syracuse, New York. Um, I went to Syracuse City School Districts. I left and went away to college, came back to Syracuse um, with a degree in something that I wasn't really passionate about, um, so I didn't really seek it out. Um, but I had um, some influences from my family. You know, we are a family of um, not-for-profit agency workers, um, and so I decided to go back to school and take some classes on being able to work um, in an office. <clears throat> Um, and so I um, went back to school and I came out with a degree in like information processing or something like that. Um, and she was like, yes, we can place you at an office starting on Monday. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And they placed me in an office where they were just doing like dictation. That's all you had to do. And they were using all this legal jargon. And I was just like, what the heck are they talking about? But I'm just going to keep typing. Um, and the funny part about it was they kept saying Jurat, and I had no idea mm-hmm. what she was talking about. Right. Um, and so at the end of the day, you know, I went to her and I was like, this really isn't for me. This dictation really isn't for me. Um, and then she placed me in another law office and I don't even know, I don't even know how she began to think that I was like into law or anything like that, but she did. And, um... I ended up being placed at a private law firm, and I excelled there. I think it was just because it was more on a personal basis. Um, and also, um, it was a good fit. You know, okay. The people there were really nice and kind. Um, and then from there, uh, we had a law clerk who was looking to move, and he went to legal aid. And he said, they got an opening here. You should come down and apply for it. And um, I was like, okay, I will. And I did, and I got the job temporarily because um, the girl was out on maternity leave. Um, and that's how I started at the Legal Aid Society, on a temporary basis, filling in for somebody that was you know, um, out on maternity leave. And the rest is history. And you bring up something that I think is really interesting because you said you went to school 
you got a degree in something that you weren't crazy about, so you went back to school. Mm-hmm. I did the same. So my undergraduate degree is in broadcast journalism. I worked for a few years in TV news and was like, this is definitely, definitely not for me. So I went back to school. And a few years later, uh, quite a bit later than you first landed at Legal Aid, but a few years later, ended up here at, at Hiscock Legal Aid Society. So you started here at the society, the Hiscock Legal Aid Society, in 1989. Quite a bit has changed since 89. Yeah. Talk to me about those early days when you were working here. What was the office like? What, what was it like? Because I imagine it has changed. It's changed so significantly even in the decade or so that I have been here. So in 89, you walk in and... Everything was orange and brown. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. There's still some orange and brown, to be fair. It so, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, but I think the only thing that um, really changed was the people. You know, obviously, people move on with their careers. Um, but that family-like feeling that I had when I started at Legal Aid is still here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the people here are very kind. Um, and I think that the people that come here and that stay here really fully believe in the mission and the work that we do, right? Um, or you wouldn't be here. Um, so I think that, um, the only thing that has significantly changed are the people. I think the mission is still the same. I think the people that come here that want to work here still believe in the work that we're doing. So, Yeah. You think a lot of it, yeah, and like you said, the the orange and brown is orange still brown. is still something that is featured in certain places. A lot of the a lot of the, the office decor. has been redone, but there are still pockets of that. So, in '89, you you joined the organization, and what were you doing when you initially joined? And it was a much smaller, as far as I understand, it was a much smaller organization at that stage. Yes, yeah, it was. I I, I can't even count. Um, how many people were here back then? Less than 30. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think it was, a smaller crew, it was a smaller crew of people that were here. Um, we were still doing the same work that we were doing, but not on a larger scale like we are now, obviously. You know, we were still, we still have our civil program. You know, we had our criminal program, which was huge back then because we were doing city court. I mean, right now we still have some criminal, but not as much as we did back then. Um, and I came in as the administrative assistant. Um, and that was assisting, at the time, Joanne Sawmiller and Vince Rizzo. This was prior to the other changes. Um, and, um, yeah. So... You brought up Joanne Sawmiller, and this is a shameless plug. I've been trying to get Joanne Sawmiller to come on this podcast uh, for the better part of three months. So I hope that she hears this, and I hope that she decides to join and that you can be a testament to the fact that it's not that bad. It really isn't. Joanne, don't do it. (laughs) I hope you do. I I, I do hope you come on, Joanne. She probably will. I hope so. So, all right. You, You started here in 89. It was a much smaller organization. What... Initially, because, I mean, there's a variety of places that one can work in central New York, and yes. you have chosen to stay at Legal Aid. Yes. Why? Um, <clears throat> a lot of it was influenced by the people that you work with. Like, if you're not happy with the people that you work with, you're not going to stay. Um, that's number one. Number two, I appreciate the work that was being done um, in terms of, like, 
I always believed in working, living, and volunteering in the community that I live in. Um, <clears throat> and, and again, I liked the work that I was doing. But I think it's very important that people understand the people that they work with mm -hmm. or that they're working for, I should say, because we're actually working for our clients. Um, and not that it gets lost, but I think that sometimes it does. Like if you don't understand where our clients are coming from, you cannot really effectively represent them. And I think that the people that work at Legal Aid understand that. And that was something that I really felt passionate about, was having good people take care of the people that live in the community that I live in. And you talk about, I think what I'm hearing you say too, is having empathy and in some cases some lived experience to be able to relate to some of the situations that clients might find themselves in when they when they arrive at our South Warren Street office. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you could, it doesn't matter where you come from or where you're or where you live, but if you have that compassion in your heart for our clients, then you can represent them in the way that they need to be represented. But you can't be looking down your nose at our clients, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that's very important, and I think the people that came through the doors at the Legal Aid Society had that compassion. And I'd like to talk with you because you said that you felt like it has a really family atmosphere, that you really like the people that you work with here at Legal Aid. And as an organization grows, I think having a sense of community is often more difficult because you have so many more people in that community. Additionally, not only has Legal Aid grown, but like every organization, we had COVID where everybody worked from home and now people are back in the office. And, you know, I'm one of those people. I come once a month or so. And I have to say, most of the people that I interact with here, I don't recognize because the office has changed so much. How do you maintain a sense of community in your mind with a growing office and an office that, you know, at any given day, a third of the office could be working remotely? What do you think? Um, I think for me, it's more about, um, not more about, but I think it's being able to um, be open. First of all, be open. And the fact that you can see somebody in the elevator, you can kind of tell where they're going because there's residents upstairs. And if they get up on the same floor that you're getting off at, introduce yourself. I mean, I don't have a problem um, socializing with people. I'm always the one that's really more talkative in a sense, I guess. Um, and during COVID, we did have, you know, a lot of new people come. Um, and it's just a matter of being that first person to like greet them, you know, making them feel comfortable uh, enough to, you know, have a conversation back with you. Um, and so it, I think the change in the way that people do communicate affected some, it didn't affect me. Like, I'm still going to greet people. I'm still going to, you know, want to get to know all the different people that are here now at the Legal Aid Society. I mean, I know that society has changed a lot where people have their face in their phone and they're not so outgoing in terms of, like, getting to know people. But I am. So mm -hmm. I, I, I hope that I make people feel comfortable yeah. <laughs> and not uncomfortable you know, when I'm having those conversations with the new people. Well, I think you do. I mean, I think I'm a testament to that because you have, as I said, I've been here for almost a decade now. And there have been, I think, 
in anybody's life, highs and lows that are in the office, out of the office. And I have known that I will knock on your door and chat with you about that when that happens. And so I think you've absolutely, I think you've done that. You've done it for me anyway. And Michelle, in addition to dispensing really good advice to people like myself, you have also worked in a few different capacities at Legal Aid. I'd like to, you to articulate, if you can, some of the capacities that you've worked in and what you have learned along the way. Okay, yeah. Um, so I've learned a lot over the years. Um, you know, I began in the administrative offices, um, you know, assisting the director and the assistant director for many years, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and over those years, I have learned to really embrace people where they are um, and being able to assist them however they needed to be assisted. Um, and then I kind of branched out to working more in um, our parole department, um, which was fun but not fulfilling. And I'm not saying unfulfilling in a way that you know um, you think it is, but we had a lot of clients um, and those clients came and left. And the unfulfilling part of that was what happened to those clients after they left? That they're coming back again, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I felt like I really wanted to dive into more of the reasons why they were coming back, what they needed so that they didn't have to come back. Um, and we had recently started another program um, called the reentry program that we did here in Syracuse. Um, and then we took it on here at Legal Aid. And we had a social worker here that did just that, assist our clients. Um, and so I wanted to really um, work in that capacity a little bit. So I you know, asked if I could and um, to take on another role, and I did. And it was more fulfilling for me because I was able to help our clients understand, you know, what it's like to be out in society and how they can stay out into society. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, our social worker assisted them with getting resumes, finding jobs, just being able to be in society in general. Um, And so I kind of like found my niche there after leaving, you know, working in the administrative offices for so long. And you said something that I think not enough people do, whether it be at legal aid or just at any office. And you said that it's important to meet people where they're at. Yes. Totally agree. Yes. How do you think we can best meet people where they're at? Because sometimes our life experiences are so vastly different. Yes. How do we meet people where they're at? First of all, I think that people just need to have an open mind. No judgment. No judgment no matter what, you know. And people need to know how to be kind and compassionate. And I think some people think it's a weakness to have a kind, compassionate heart. But I think if you have those couple of qualities, then you can accept people where they are. And not just our clients, but your colleagues, everyone in society. You just need to accept them where they are. And I think too, there's something really, I think profoundly powerful with somebody feeling heard and seen. Yes. And I think if you can get those two things on board, then you stand a chance for moving something forward. Absolutely. Michelle Dias, who's been at Legal Aid for a long time and who has dispensed really awesome advice and has worked hard for many, many decades. Thank you so much for coming on the Justice for All podcast today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.
Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our work, head over to hlalaw.org. See you next time.